0: Hello, I'm Dr. Terrence O.A. Sr. and I'm here with Emmanuel Turner tonight. Uh, We're here for another candid conversation. Uh, We've decided to make this a part two. To those of you who logged on last week, we had an awesome conversation. Speaking about the subject of suicide. As you know, suicide is a self-inflicted death in which the person acts intentionally, directly and consciously. And this is a subject matter that is very sensitive, a subject matter that, uh, that that has a stigma attached to it. And it's a subject matter that a lot of people just don't wanna talk about. But Emmanuel Turner, who hails from Canton, Ohio, uh, had a has a documentary that is awesome. I mean, that documentary should be on PBS, Primetime, Good Morning America, because the dialogue, the conversation, the poetry, uh, the authors who has authored books about suicide, even the community leaders and the, and the school got involved uh, in this uh, documentary about suicide. And what I loved about the documentary about the, the suicide subject matter was that uh, the video, I, I want you all to watch part one, uh, but we're gonna like, we're gonna like uh, highlight or recap some of what we talked about but there's a video in the presentation that jumps right at you. It it comes with great music, great poetry, and there were words that would express Emmanuel that really stood out for me, which opened the door for our conversation. There were words such as depressed, hurt, loss, shame, failure, silence, and even a question mark. And as we begin to get ready for this conversation, Emmanuel, Uh, You made a a, a statement in your documentary about wanting to give a voice to this subject matter. Elaborate, would you please, on giving a voice to this subject matter?
1: Yeah, um, absolutely. And thank you for having me again, Dr. Hayes, uh, my friend. Yes, sir. Uh, Yeah, yeah, giving a voice. um, I I believe that, I guess that came from a place for me um, is that a lot of times Those who die by suicide kind of, it's such a, um, um, so to speak, loud act Mm. and shocking act, but they really die in silence. Um, And Mm -hmm. I say they die in silence, first of all, because they've been dying silently for a long time before that. Mm -hmm. Second of all, um, a lot of times you don't know why you don't know the why don't know the um, why yeah and, and, and it's it's not spoken it's not spoken so um giving a voice to it is is not a, a voice to each individual act because you can't know that but it's giving a voice to the universal pain that the individuals go through that people just don't understand yeah uh, yes. it's speaking for those and if i can say this I believe that those um, who have gone on, who have, had, who have died by suicide, um, they would want us to do this. They would want us to let people know the pain that they were in. And it wasn't because they didn't love you. It yes. wasn't because you weren't good enough. It was yes. because the pain that they were going through was so great that mm. unfortunately, Suicide was the only um, um, is uh, the, the only alleviant for the pain that
0: they that they could figure
1: out at the time.
0: Oh wow, you know that is a powerful statement right there. Uh, that suicide was the only way could, of escape for the pain they were feeling at that moment because there's one common element we talked about in our last conversation uh, that's easy understood uh, well that's a common theme in the lives of those who commit suicide uh, people want to the pain to stop yes yeah and i just you and i just said something that that was brought to my attention about using the terminology there uh, about committing suicide because in your documentary uh, emmanuel you have survivors and that stood out to me because these were individuals who, who no doubt may have had suicide ideation. They had the thoughts to take their lives. But through the grace of God, yeah. Yeah. they survived. Yeah. yeah. I, mean, I mean, let's talk about that. Yeah. And uh, man, it's,
1: I just became so deeply entrenched in hearing people's stories. Mm -hmm. Um, because I had my own story. Yes. And I have my own story. So to me, it became, it's really the why without the death, right? Mm -hmm. You're able to, that's why a survivor's story is so unique, because you're able to hear somebody's why while they're still living. They attempted like I did. Right, right. But you're able to hear their why. And Mm -hmm. so it goes to the silent voice that we just talked about um, and they're able to actually speak it. So it's, it's, it's amazing to hear the um, survivors, uh, the stories of those who attempted Yes, um, because it's, it's coming, it's almost like the voice speaking for those that are in the grave. It's almost like the voice is coming from the
0: grave. Yeah. And I also say that it's also a voice speaking to those who may be contemplating yeah yeah that, you know you look like me here you are young man as you said your own story your own personal experience uh looking at you strong vibrant you know uh, uh just strong character family man a good brother and that i know and always known but then there was something that was going on in your life yeah. that took you to that place oh. even myself here i was uh, 18 years old and uh I became. I began to have suicide thoughts. Uh, I had, had this psychotic disorder. Uh, what, 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 Emmanuel? What was going on in my mind or my life at that time? I feared that I was going to commit suicide, like my mother. Part hmm. of it was that the same thing that happened to her is going to happen to you. And those thoughts ran through my mind. I would walk past uh, steps, uh, uh, deep steps, and I would say leap down or jump Good. down just anything that would that I could just take my life but I but I'm here today again because of the grace of God and we're talking about this as you spoke about those survivors uh I want to say this it says a last note about language there is nothing successful about a suicide mm-hmm. thing failed about surviving attempt So I will avoid this language except in quotations. And this right here, Emmanuel spoke to me. It says, also, I will say die by suicide and avoid the expression commit suicide out of respect. And what we're talking about right now, we're talking about the respect for the suicide survivors who have reminded me that suicide is no longer a crime. Ah, that right there, as a survivor, you have you have made the ultimate, you, you've come out of the ultimate space that what could have been, yeah. but you're here. Uh, there's a great story about a gentleman uh, who was at, at the Golden Gate Bridge. And this gentleman was on the verge of to take his life. Well, what mm. Emmanuel, he 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 leaped. He jumped. Mm. He actually jumped. But as he was going down, the the ambivalence, the mixed emotions, the feelings that he had while going through the that moment, he didn't want to die.
2: Yeah, yeah. He
0: did not want to die. Oh gosh. Emmanuel,
1: listen, and that's a great point because, he
0: survived.
1: yeah, that's a great point because, yeah. you know, the majority of the people who attempt or actually die by suicide never really wanted to die. Never really wanted to they die. They don't want to die. They just need this. They're drowning.
2: Mm.
1: They're mentally, they're emotionally, they're spiritually drowning. Yes. And sometimes, if you ever seen somebody who's drowning, they put up an awesome fight. Mm. They splash around in the water. They just oh, don't know wow. how to swim. There you go. They just don't know how to swim, and all yes. they really they really want they really want a a, a life raft if somebody yes. to them. So mm. a lot of people they they don't want to die. They just need some alleviation. Help me with this pain because this pain is unbearable.
0: That pain is so unbearable, and as you said, I like that analogy about the being thrown in the water and someone wanting to swim. You know, I want to say this, Emmanuel. uh, I have a trauma of water. When I was nine years old, I was thrown in a swimming pool. I didn't know how to swim. Mm. Uh, I was then on the edge of a pool, and then someone came by and pushed me in the pool. And what did I do? Instead of thinking about that I was going to survive this, perhaps I could have drowned, but I was fighting just to get someone to help me, someone to reach out to me. And of course, someone jumped in and saved me, but I was a young kid. And that's just exactly what we're talking about here. These persons who come to the place that want to commit suicide, they really don't want to die. They really want to live. Dr. Hayes, that's so powerful, man. Go ahead.
1: And I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh That's no, you're no good. Problem. No, you're good. If you think about that, how yes. many people that we walk by every day, that we talk to every day, are literally fighting mm. that fight. Yes. Just to stay alive another day. Yes. I'm fighting my hardest. Mm. You may see me acting out. You may see me uh um Maybe with a quote-unquote bad attitude, but brother, but sister, I am literally fighting a fight. You have no idea. Mm-hmm. Every day, just to breathe, my next yes. breath, just yes. to put my foot in front of the other one. The next day, I am literally fighting. I used to tell people this all the time, and it's, it's like, you know, <laughs> you know when you when you got in trouble as a kid. Now mm-hmm. I'm I come from a home of of, of physical punishment. <laughs> okay. Hey, me too. With the <laughs> belt. <laughs> yeah, when you would get spankings. I would yes. term, right. And and you did something bad and you talked to your mom or your dad on the phone and say, when I get home, you're gonna get it. Yes. That takes all the joy out of the day. You can't enjoy yourself. You can't play with your friends, right? Because you know what's waiting for you get when you get home. When you get That's home, that fight is like yes you can't live like you want to you can't enjoy things like you want to be because you know when you get home and you are are you you get alone um mm. by yourself yes that monster is waiting for you that heaviness is waiting for you mm. and it's a fight and it's a it's an exhausting fight so yes. you just know what somebody's going through somebody is fighting that fight every single minute of their life
0: they are they're, they're fighting every member of their life to survive and and, and get through, as like you said, the struggle and, and just, you know, the anxiety, as you said, the anxiety that, you know, is, you know, waiting to get that whooping or that, you know, back in the day, we can still say whooping. No, nobody come, come for us. Right. Uh, <laughs> and, and guess what? We survive, uh those whippings, you know, but you no, know, I, I want to say this, you know, as you talk about a lot of people, you know, And we talked a little bit about this last week, about the statistics of the suicide. This is the 10th leading cause of death in these United States. And the second leading cause of death for college-age youth. So suicide often stems from past mental trauma and depression. We We talked about that, about being caused by bullying. You mentioned about even for a kid who doesn't get the chance to be uh, a selector for a, a basketball team or a football team. And we talked about, you know, people say, how can a kid come to that place in their life? Well, as you said, it's not about you. It's about them. Try to try to put ourselves, try to fit ourselves yeah. in child space to understand what could be going on with them. Yeah. Uh, yeah. To feel that way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you have to look, and we talked about this a little bit, um, at risk factors. Mm-hmm. Risk factors are um, anything traumatic that's going on. Um, so a risk factor can be, like we talked about, um, losing a job, losing a family,
2: mm-hmm.
1: moving from where, yes. um, you know, getting uprooted from where you were, foster care, all of divorce, all of these things. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'll give somebody some homework. Look, just look at the, the, the rise in divorce rate. Look mm-hmm. at the rise in single parent homes. Mm-hmm. Um, look at the rise in, uh, uh, you know, child abuse, in child abuse, I'm sorry, and things of this nature. Yes. Fatherlessness, uh, um, you know, instability, moving from home to home. That's what kids are going through. That's what they're going through. Kids are tired. T- kids can be emotionally
0: and mentally just as tired as anybody else. They yes. really can. Yes. So, so and you, you know, I, 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 as you, you said better. about what kids being tired, I uh, look at this pandemic and, mm. and, and look what we have going on in almost a divided world about, the, the, the big issue that we're talking about kids today now is look at the rise of COVID cases with children. And we're talking about the schools mandating wearing masks. And a lot of the parents, they don't want that. I know this is not our discussion about uh, the, the, the the pandemic or COVID tonight, but again, let's let's remember our children about the yeah. impact this is having on them. Some some of the kids want to, they can't seemingly function well outside of their classroom environment and they want to be in a classroom environment. But here, because of what we're dealing with, it is a virtual space. So 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 kids go hybrid and all. And they have to deal with that. So they need to have support and, and, and understanding from all parties involved yeah. uh, for their lives not to be affected uh, any more worse than it is now. Because it because those other life issues that you mentioned, divorce and other uh, uh, moments of life, social ills of life that take place that impact people's lives and it, and it, and it, and it impacts a child. Uh, so it does so that's so important it does man it impacted me yes you know i, I want to uh, come to this point about your video uh, or your documentary there were you mentioned uh, there was a woman in the documentary who was in foster care mm-hmm. and i and i begin to see a, another one from foster care so a person coming from foster care from your experience, what, what do you see uh, that takes place in their lives that may brought this person in that documentary to the place that she wanted to commit suicide? Wow, yeah, so you're in foster care for so many reasons. You know,
1: um, either maybe your parents gave you up, either um, you were taken from your home because there was dysfunction, which you thought was normal. Mm-hmm. Uh, so either way um you have that sense of first of all you you ripped, you're ripped from your identity mm-hmm. so now it's a who am i yes who am i yes who am i or you were given away so not only a who am i but whoever i am i i must not have been good enough for my own parents to want me so now I go around, I'm, I'm, I'm groping for identity um, and I, I, I'm reaching and I'm groping for a, a sense of self-worth. Yes. And I'm, I'm reaching for someone to tell me that I'm worth it. So I'll do anything that I have to do to get that attention and get that um, affirmation from whoever it comes from.
2: And if I can't
1: get it, I just must not be good enough. If
0: I'm not good enough for my parents to want me, why am I good enough to be breathing? Mm-hmm. So that self-esteem that you mentioned there, uh, the impact of that self-worth, mm-hmm. uh, feeling valuable, feeling loved, and, you know that's why I, I want to applaud those who uh, uh, love on children that are in, in foster care. Yeah, uh, that that become a parent, become a mother, become a father of those children because they want to be loved. Yeah, and uh, you know I'll say this, and I'm not, I don't want to get too far in the conversation. But uh, there are those children that are that are have to take medications. They have other issues that go on in their lives just to function. But what they really need is a well-balanced life. Yeah. Nurturing. I, I think it's so important. The Bible speaks about a mother. Uh, I think that's what was so traumatic for me. Uh, losing my mom as an 11 year old kid. Uh, a woman nurtures a child. And I missed that. I, I didn't get that nurturing. So I went out without that nurturing. So I survived the best I could. And yet I was loved by my grandmother and my aunts who were there to step in for me. But I still felt that emptiness from my mother because i that's how I could identify with a mother's love. Yeah. Like a mother's love, mother's heart and, and compassion and, 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 and your parents' love and your affection. And, and when you don't have that, you begin to wonder what about me? Mm-hmm. What did I do to deserve this? And and you know, but but I'll say this is it's a blessing. Uh, and everything we got to find a way of blessing because the mother could have aborted the child, and the child is here. So there are God people, God, God's people, God fearing people who love the fact this is a child that I want to provide it love, I want to provide it hope. Because in, in dealing with suicide, Emmanuel, the an, an individual goes through hopelessness. Yeah. And yeah. The hopelessness is feeling. Uh, it, it puts you in a place of just, as we were talking about, not wanting to live but really don't want to die, but oh, what, have to live for. That's what that hopelessness brings oh,
1: what 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 a battle in the emotions and the mind, you know um I'm hopeless, so I have nothing to live for. Mm. but I something there's something innate in me that doesn't wanna die either. Yes, yes. So it's really, I don't wanna live. It's not, I don't wanna live. I don't wanna live this existence. Right, right. This existence, I don't wanna live. Mm -hmm. And that's something that inside says, it's that small whisper, there's something more because I don't wanna die.
0: Yeah, that's still a small voice. Yeah, yeah, I don't wanna die, but
1: then it's the battle of what is it? What is it that I'm living for? Mm And what is it when when an individual stops thinking that there's more? That's when they reach a place where they where you know, I I I I can just end it. You know what I mean?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Because uh, but people can always think there's. You remember those homeless guys that I told you about? Uh, yes. They, they weren't. They didn't make a documentary, but that we ran into them there. Think about it. It was three homeless guys, mm-hmm. but they still found a reason to keep living. And one thing that they said, you know, long as I've got somebody who can support, who, who's with me going through the same thing I am, you know what I mean, mm-hmm. I, I'll, I, I'll be okay. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? So imagine the loneliness and the hopelessness mm-hmm. an
0: individual has to feel mm-hmm. to say there's nothing left. You know, thank you for sharing that a part about those homeless gentlemen, because again, uh, they're unknown, don't have a resident, have an address. But they found something that they found from each other—a commonality. We may be out here in a homelessness, homelessness state, but we're out here together. Yeah, yeah, together exactly. We're out here together, and it brings me to this place as we're talking tonight. You know, we've come through a lot of social uh, issues in our world today, from the the Brianna Taylor, the George Floyd, other names that went on uh, that, that, that that has happened that. Spotlighted uh, what was going on in a, in the world, mm-hmm. talking about suicide, and this is a subject matter that unless you're a celebrity, well known, uh, famous, it hits the six o'clock news. But what about that that mother and father who has a son and a daughter that lives on you know that lives on my street that you don't know anything about? Uh, really in the I think it was last month the track star I think mm. 35 years old and uh, he committed suicide uh, had had great skill, great talent uh, great potential a, a fast runner and a track track star but whatever was going on in his life he chose to end his life well, good enough you mentioned about having a voice that's why I'm so excited about your voice because your voice, your voice reached me. Here I am in Ohio and I'm down in uh, Eaglewood, Ohio and I'm you up there in Canton, Ohio. You brought together uh, people, young people, a a video video photographer, uh, uh, the community leaders and all those other elements of your video that brought together. And you wanted to have a conversation because what you saw, I think we need to open up our eyes and look around us and what do we see? Do yeah. we see that this is a real problem? Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. It's worth, I mean,
0: worth having a voice for, for those who can't speak? Who's gonna speak for them? Who's gonna be that voice for those who are ashamed? And, and there's so,
1: we're, we're so busy.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: We're so busy in life you and I were, (laughs) we were just trying to get on this recording tonight. Yes. Get on. Yes. busy running, running, running? Well, uh, let's push it back. Let's push it back a little bit more. Let's push it back because we were just busy. Yes. And and that's just what life is these days. Right? Yes. And that hurts even more. Because if you think of somebody who is, who is having suicidal ideations, Mm -hmm. um, it, it would hurt. I think it hurts that the ones closest to them didn't recognize it. Mm. You didn't recognize me. Oh, wow. I was hurting. And oh, you wow. didn't have the time to recognize that not, I was, my feelings weren't just hurt. I was hurting to death. Mm. And you didn't recognize me. So we have to learn, and that's that's such a heavy, heavy statement. But that's very heavy. We have to learn how to be still sometimes, slow down sometimes, and ask God to help us recognize somebody else's
0: hurt, somebody yes. else's pain. Mm-hmm. And it you know goes back to empathy. Yeah. You no, know, and I want to say this as you know, us being family men, fathers and husbands and children, uh, you know. Uh, that dealt with at least this matter. Uh, it's like, did, did did anyone recognize the signs that my mother was dealing with? Because, you know, when I, I told you I shared this with the audience that when I realized that suicide can prevent it, it almost made me ask the question: what did we miss? Yeah. And who didn't see something yeah. to help prevent what happened with our mom? But it's just like you said. I think as, as as men and women we go through life and it's busy. As you said, we were obviously you know getting ready to make this happen. We pushed the time back, but we were determined. Though, I think because of what we've gone through, what we are as being passionate about the subject, we wanted to make sure that we brought the conversation uh, to the to, as a voice to those who are listening. Because what timely uh, the time of the of the year? This is Suicide Prevention Month. Yeah. September is Suicide Prevention Awareness Month, and it's a time to raise the awareness on this stigmatized and often taboo, taboo topic. So I think it's so important that whatever whatever you're doing in the month of September, uh, set aside a time to have a discussion, set aside a time to talk about suicide prevention. Set aside a time to look around those that are close to you, uh, that are dear to you, and talk to your BFF, your, your best friend, whoever that may be, and say, are you okay? Are, are, are you all right? And, and, and when I, and when you ask the question, you know, I, I found this, and you know, I'm a, a professor at the Liberty University, and I'm uh, teaching a, a class, it's, it's called uh, Introduction to Pastoral Counseling. But in this particular study, uh, there's a textbook by a gentleman by the name of Peterson, and he said, uh, "How do we can listen better to one another mm-hmm. and the communication?" But he said, "When we ask, when you, when a person used the why, you know, mm. what comes behind a why, there's a there is a judgment. Mm. Yeah, there is a, a, a sense of, uh, of 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 condemning." Uh, or, or sense of really coming in such a way that maybe not be as thoughtful or caring so this why isn't to come against someone to say you don't need to do that uh what you think of that uh don't about you need to stop and listen understand what are you saying you need to at yes. that point you need to become intent and very intent engage yourself and stop yeah yeah stop yeah. whatever you're doing and listen because. It's, it's about them. It's not about you.
1: Yes. It's about them. And here's, a, and here's the thing, I, and I'm, I'm just sitting here looking. Um, there's, 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 so there's a story in the Bible, and you know this story, and I, I'm not going to prolong the time, but uh, two of the disciples were going uh, in for prayer, and there was a man begging for alms. He had been there. He would beg for money. People would give him money. People would give him money. People would give him money based on the outward appearance. Yes. The disciple said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have, I give to you. In Mm -hmm. the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. So what I get from that is this, we can't afford to look at people's outward appearances and give to them according to their outward appearance. And what do I mean by that? I'm looking up just this list of actors and celebrities who die by suicide.
0: Yes, yes. And
1: you have someone like an Anthony Bourdain, who was 61, hung himself. He was, you know, a celebrity chef, travel show host, New York Times bestselling author, won eight Emmy Awards, Peabody Award, um, and a Webby. Where did you get for the best blog? And he died by suicide. He died by suicide. All of those accolades, someone would say, you you know what the silver and gold is in that story? More more verbal accolades. Oh, Anthony Bourdain, you're great. What, what a man. You're, you're so talented. But inside, this man is hurting. He's hurting. We need to take time. People don't need another compliment about how nice their car is. People don't right. need another compliment about how pretty they are or, 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 or how handsome they are. Right. Or, you know, all of these other things. I don't need that. You know, and they take that to try to survive day by day. Mm -hmm. But when they go home, it takes everything. And they're doing that fight. They're battling that fight that we talked about earlier. But Mm -hmm. they need somebody to just really see them. See them. Not their accomplishments, not their gifts and talents. I need you to see me and hear me um, because I'm struggling. I'm doing all this great stuff. What the world sees is great. Society sees is great. But I'm dying inside. So we have to be able to slow down and look beyond the outward appearance. Yes. Good, bad, or different,
0: and hear somebody's heart. Hear somebody's heart, hear somebody pain, see somebody pain. Yeah. Uh, you know, what that beggar was wanting, he really needed more than what he realized. He needed he that material thing, but what he really needed, he needed something that was gonna change his life forever. Yeah. Which yes. brings me to this segue, Thing is, you mentioned about uh, the disciples. And here we are, two preachers, okay? Two preachers. <laughs> yes, sir. Let's get into it. And you brought something that I really want to say, I want to say this about the church. You know, we hear the subject matter about church hurt, church pain. And and I'm we're not here tonight to uh, uh, bash the church because guess what? I love the church and I wanna say this: the church is what saved my life. Mm-hmm. Not i been for the fact, even though the pain that my mother went through, what, what she did for me as a kid, mm-hmm. me to church. Not only did she take me to church, she brought me to church because she was there, too. She was a woman in the church. And this is why your documentary blessed me, because you brought it to the church. I have to. Marvin Winant sings a song, Let the Church Say. Amen. Yes, sir. Anyway, I'm gonna go to this video and get it set up here and let's take a listen.
2: Yeah.
1: Growing up in church, you know. um, After I attempted suicide, and this is not a knock of the church I was going to at the time. There was really no conversation about it at all. Not really, there was none. This pamphlet right here says, if you're thinking about suicide, let others know. And out of the four um, entities, I guess you can say, to share your feelings with, one of them is a religious leader. From my experience, that would scare me because I don't think, and it's nobody's fault, I don't think we were equipped to deal or to confront the topic. What do you think, as the church, I'll say, the faith-based community, um, what do you think our
3: role is um, in society with the epidemic of suicide? Anyone dealing with or contemplating suicide, they should be able to look at the church as there's still hope. I've not exhausted all of the possibilities. I've not exhausted all of the, the uh, options that I have. So the role that the church has to play, has to, it's paramount, has to play is being what Christ has always called us to be, the light of the world, that hope. Um, do you feel like they should
1: get the leaders, elders, pastors, training on the professional
2: side of
1: of suicide and depression and mental illness.
2: Because of my work with the professionals in the different areas, law enforcement, uh, mental health, uh, drugs, alcohol. I mean, I've come to that revelation, enlightenment over the last few years, man. I mean, I realized there are things I didn't know that I thought I knew because I'm a Christian. I'm a pastor. I'm a minister. But man, there's so much stuff going on.
1: Would you say that we're behind with what's going on in the culture as far as the, the faith-based community, of the church? You say we're sort of, yes. Would you say we're sort of behind?
2: With the suicide issue, yes. Because we, a, lot of, a lot of times we're in denial. It can't happen here, it won't happen here. You know, and, and man, but it is happening in our communities. Whether the kids are a member of our church or not, it's still our community. What do you think we need to
1: do to, to, to uh, provide more support because it's happening
2: in the church too, you know
3: what I mean? We need to not only tell people in the church,
0: we need to start telling people in the community, we need to tell these people that God still loves them and that God is still real. You can go to work on Monday and you're not going to go to work and sit there and just be like, well, God going to bless me with a paycheck of course you go to work on monday it's some work you got to do all week to get that paycheck on friday it's like life you there's some in, in dealing with depression there's some work that you have to do to be healed to be delivered to come through i mean everybody deals with depression doctors lawyers pastors teachers students kids you know everybody at some point in their life have dealt with mental health issues, some minor, some major.
1: Do you think a person who is uh, in a strong relationship with with, with Christ, do you feel like they can still deal with feelings and thoughts and temptations of suicide?
2: I think it's really like any other temptation that the enemy throws at our mind, whether it's a man, you know, thinking about another woman, uh, you know, it's all those tendencies and I think before we, you know, judge them, we need to really look at their circumstances, and their situation.
1: For you to explain it as as another temptation as anything else, it's really powerful because that really Mm -hmm. tears down and that puts them in the category with everybody else. Right. You know, it's just a struggle like you're having to struggle with maybe pornography or this or that. Instead of isolating. Right. Where do you feel like? clinicians fit in, Mm. secular counseling, secular uh, um, professionals. Mm. Can those, can that field and
3: the faith-based field mix to give someone a solution? I believe that, once again, as a resource to the church, not as the source, but as a resource, uh, without Christ, essentially all we're doing is maintaining a condition or worsening a state. So if you have schizophrenia, we'll maintain that.
1: You'll always have schizophrenia. But we're just gonna help you live as the best quality of life
3: as possible. But it's not gonna get any better. are right, still gonna deal with it. it with you. Exactly, you're still gonna have, you're still gonna deal with it. We're gonna maintain it, but you're still gonna be dealing with it. Or your state will become
0: worse. Have you ever looked at the side effects of any medication? <laughs> wow. <laughs> in fact. Yeah, yeah, yeah. First of all, those of you who are watching this tonight, this is the work of Emmanuel Turner. This is why we even in our business on today, we stop, pause, we regroup, and we rega- we gathered our minds to speak tonight. And that documentary is powerful, Emmanuel. And we—it was a great segue to talk about the church. And so you are the expert of this. So I'm going to step back and just share with us what we just witnessed. Um, you know what? That really just
1: came from my upbringing. You know, and one thing that we said in that part is, you know, the church is supposed to be the place of, you know, where we find hope. Um, But I think we have misconstrued as the church and misunderstood and and underestimated what hope looks like.
2: Mm.
1: Um, Hope is not always out of your hymn book um, on your Thursday night Bible study. It is, but it needs to be exact in detail. Um, yes. And I made a point um, in one of my messages one day as I was preaching that when the gentleman had a legion of demons um, in the graveyard, he, Jesus didn't just meet him and say, leave him. He asked, who are you? Mm-hmm. We need to be specific with our hope. Yes. We have to be specific with our hope. Yes. Um, And and I just believe that because it's such a difficult topic and difficult to understand that we didn't address it and hope that it wouldn't hit our house. Mm. Because if it did hit our house, we didn't know what to do. Yes. We didn't know what to do. And again, like I said in that doc, and I still, and this still holds true, not to blame the church I was attending at the time. Correct, correct. But it was just something it, you would think, yourself, myself, mm-hmm. um, and there's a lot of other leaders out there that would, I hope, would gather their youth group in their church as a whole if someone were to die by suicide and let's say, let's talk about this, do the research. Do It just didn't happen like that. I don't The People may have been afraid. I don't know. I would love to actually talk to those who I, I, I was uh, church members with at that time, just to see where their mindsets were um, mm-hmm. and everything like that. But uh, in the, in the bigger scheme of things, I, I think it should be uh, a mandatory part of every church's um, educational mm-hmm. programming. I really do because we tackle addiction. We tackle homelessness. We tackle hunger. We tackle um, anything else you can name. Yes.
0: Mental health. We do not tackle. Mm-hmm. And let me say this, Emmanuel, and I love what you said that even as we're both speaking about the church, that we're not uh, talking against our, our churches. Because again, uh 1973 was when my mom committed suicide. She was a member of a church. Uh, we were there. We loved that church. You know, again, I found God at that church. But as you spoke about the Bible study and as we teach the word of God and begin to ask the why and identity and death, see, it's it's time now uh for us to. I love your documentary. Just um, let, let me let me help you out, my brother. You, you already did, you did the homework for us because your documentary on this segment says, my people are destroyed for the lack of knowledge. Mm-hmm. And if we need to understand, don't be afraid of knowledge. Don't be afraid of wisdom. Don't mm-hmm. be afraid of seeking understanding. Don't be afraid to ask a question I want to know. Uh, You know, and we want to know. But now the time that we're in, Emmanuel, we've moved from that time or that area that we didn't talk about mental health issues like we are tonight. But church, it is time to talk about it, not be judgmental, not be critical, not even demonize it, because everything is not a demon. That's another subject matter. But I I do wanna say this, Uh, I love uh, this author. She's part of this great church. Uh, Her name, she's a licensed uh, counselor. Uh, Her name is Chantelle Taylor Biddings. She just released a brand new book, I Am Enough. And that is a powerful book. But she says something in our book, Emmanuel, that really blessed me today. Just what you just said. She said, we can teach people how to pray, we can teach people and tell people how to fast and pray. But what we need to do is to help them when it's time for them to go see a counselor. See, that's the church as your documentary, uh, I keep saying documentary, this documentary uh, a video that you put together, I like the servant leader said that the church should be a resource, not the solution, but the resource Uh, The church should provide that resource. We got to let the people know that there is still hope. And not only that, the church got to be the light of the world. Mm -hmm. People that are in a dark place, in darkness, they got to know where can I go? Oh, I hear those old church mothers sing the song, where could I go? Yeah. (laughs) Where could I go? Seeking a refuge for my soul. Needing a friend. To save me at the end. Where could I go? Hey, the church is here. It's here for us. And, and yeah. I gotta say this uh, like a person who is dealing with contemplating uh, taking their lies, the servant leader said, you gotta realize that you have not exhausted all your options. Don't take the church off the table. Don't take the church off the table because so so what that is saying to me, uh, Emmanuel, as you just said, pastors. I'm a pastor. You and the clergy, we need to have conversations about these topics. Like all those him. other topics. Bring mental health to the table. And I just want imagine this
1: because that pamphlet, that pamphlet I was reading off of says. One of the entities or one of the community pillars you should be able to go to is clergy Mm. imagine this if you were in the middle of the ocean fighting for your life drowning fighting fighting some days you're here some days the water's here Mm. and it's going up and down and you're tired Mm. you ever went swimming before Remember, I can't swim, I'll drown. (laughs) After you you leave swimming or leave the beach or leave the pool, you want to take a nap because that's exhausting. Imagine somebody finally throwing you Mm. a life raft. Yes. And it's deflated. Mm. Mm. Somebody finally throwing you a life raft and
0: and it has no air in and it's deflated. Oh,
1: Oh, talk, Emmanuel. Talk, brother. That's what it's like. If one of the entity of the church, the pillar of the church does not educate itself and prepare itself, prepare resources or whatever the case may be, when individuals come, they're coming for that hope that we talked about. Yes. That hope that they said they could find that light of the world that we say we are. Yes. And they come there for their life raft and we're empty. Mm. It's like a broken cistern, Right. Yes. You want to talk like that. The cistern was a community pool, not to swim in, but to get water from in in times of drought, and drought season. Yes, yes. Now, what if you went to that cistern and it was, one, it had been left uncovered so the water wasn't good enough to drink from, or two, it had cracks in it and it was empty when you needed it in your driest season. That's what the church is if we
0: don't educate ourselves. If we don't educate ourselves, it's gonna be a dry place, a dry season, and someone's gonna come looking for hope and we are gonna give them a a life raft with no air. Oh my, you didn't say something. That's powerful. You said this, and I agree with you. First of all, faith leaders are are official leaders of religious congregations whose primary responsibility is to provide for the spiritual development and the care of their congregations. Faith leaders encounter individuals with mental health conditions in a number of circumstances that require different approaches. They are always, they are always called to see the person rather than the illness first. Mm -hmm. understand their own religious assumptions regarding the role of the divine in their encounters with others. And I think they can, they can, it says they can, and they should work with trained volunteer members of their congregations to help other members who are experiencing mental health challenges. Yes. we need to do more. That's powerful because, and I was just sitting
1: here thinking about that. Um, you need a team. Yes, a team. Because dealing with mental health is exhausting. It really is. As a mental health worker, dealing with people's mental health can be, it. not can be, it will be exhausting. Yes. You need a team. Yes. You need a team. If, <laughs> if your church isn't big enough to have licensed professional counselors in it. hmm Then you need to have resources. That's it. Have go to community resources. Matter of fact, not only the community resource, but a certain individual within that community resource that is committed to take your your congregation's phone calls when people come with severe mental health disorders. Yes. That is too much for you to handle if you're not equipped to
0: handle it. Yes. Yes, thank you, Emmanuel, you said it, you summed it up very well. If we don't have those individuals in our congregations, licensed professional counselors, psychiatrists, psychologists, then have a means to refer them to a a resource. And that's what your documentary brought out. There are so many resources, organizations who are there to help us. They should help, you know, they're here to help us. And as they're there to help us, uh, by all means, because I I said say this often in my talking as a pastoral counselor, before an individual go to a licensed professional counselor, they're going to come to a pastor first. So therefore, we should have some awareness mm-hmm. and, and, and some form of training about uh, mental health issues and these type of matters. But guess what? They hear me clearly. If you don't, Hear me clearly. This is what Emmanuel is saying. Then have a resource, uh, a point of contact that you can direct those persons to. And you're doing your due diligence by having that resource. So everything that we need in the house of God, I say, is there. And man of God, my brother, my friend, this has been an awesome conversation. We're going to wrap it up because, as you said, this has been a powerful moment for both of us to share this candid conversation and uh so how can congregations be more inclusive and welcoming as we bring this to a close create a welcoming environment yeah learn about mental illness yeah identify myths and stigma through open discussion we're having an open discussion tonight uh, we're, we're, it's, it's off it's off the it's what it's un uh what you call it it's unplugged we, we didn't practice this We're speaking from our heart, our passion. We're talking about our own experience of what we went through. So congregations, again, uh, as you said, you want to go back and talk to that group back when you were, how they were feeling now about this particular matter. Uh, Because mental illness can be an isolating uh, situation for individuals and families. Feel like we're alone, Uh, we can't talk to them. They have a problem. Don't, don't don't get close to them. It's gonna rub off on you. They're crazy. Come on, that's one word that that we have to throw out.
1: We gotta you know, throw it out. Yo, you don't, don't. They're it. crazy. Yes, crazy. That spirit gonna jump on you. Yes, <laughs> you know yes. we you know hear, my lord, my lord. Yes, you know something may have happened. You don't know. So drop those labels and just be the arms of Christ open up to everybody. Yes. Be the arms of Christ open up to everybody church. You know yes. we, we we have you know these back to school things and we give away book bags and man we give away groceries and we give away clothes and we give away shoes and we yes. man we give away you know you know gift cards and we take care of the outside. Free haircuts, you know, free all yes. elements, but we never address the mental Health. Talk about it. You never give away free counseling. Come on, come on. Talk about it. Talk about it. We just have to, you know, as a church, we and I'm I'm there. I'm grew up in the church. I'm talking about myself. Yeah. We have to be complete.
0: I'm a pastor. I'm with you, brother. Yeah, we have to be complete. Together. Yeah. Just have to be complete. Oh, wow, Emmanuel man. Thank you. This has been awesome. And I love the fact you because of what you did, it, it caught my eye. You, you drew me to this conversation. Uh, we share the pain of, of, of you know going through those times of our own personal life, our own uh, uh, I, I call it our own phenomenological experience. That's a life lived experience. But But guess what, as your documentary brought out tonight, we talked about that tonight very well about the survivors. There are survivors, Yes, all of you that are survivors. We lift our hand together with you. We magnify, we thank God that you're still here. We talked about, they didn't really wanna die. They really wanna live in the ambivalence of going through that part part of that step. They begin to say, dude, did I really mean to do this? Uh, I'm in it now. And there there, there are survivors. And to those who have no voice, to those who have gone, that, that hurt, that pain, that loss. We're speaking for you. We're speaking for you tonight. Oh, my man of God. So because of what you've done and because of your heart, you have the closing words. If you want to offer a word of prayer, you do what you want to do, Emmanuel, and we're going to make
1: it so. Sure. Um, I just want, again, I, I really want to, and I'm very passionate about this, is churches. Churches, you are somebody's last hope. Yes. Don't let them down by 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 our negligence. If you're a pastor and you have not done research on this topic, if you have not gathered resources for this topic, if you don't know where to start, call me. I'm yes. on Facebook. I'm on yes. Facebook. This is gonna be on Facebook. Yes inbox me yes i will point you in the right direction we can share the documentary we can have a conversation yes whatever it is that you want to do because we can't continue to be negligent let's be complete um and if it's you first of all if you're a survivor like me um i'm just raising my hand with you let's all lift our voices and support our brothers and our sisters black white whatever it is yes fighting the same fight if you're fighting In that fight, I'm with you. I've been there. I've been there. Hold on. Reach out. Reach out. Reach Uh, out. So, Dr. Hayes, I appreciate it. I do want to close with a prayer, prayer, if that's okay. Yes, sir. Uh, Thank you, my brother. Father, in Jesus, name, we bless you. We thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you. Father, we thank you for this man of God who has uh, breathed life into this, that you're using to breathe life into this tool that you have given me. Yes, God. Father, I pray that uh these recordings would be a blessing. I pray that um, the documentary would be a blessing. You you put it together for it to be a blessing to somebody. Yes, God. Uh, Father, we pray for those who are uh despondent, oh God, those who are in so much psychological pain, oh God, emotional pain, spiritual pain, oh God, an ache that they don't know where to turn. We reach out to them through these prayers right now in the name yes, of Jesus. God. Precious Holy Spirit, visit them now. Visit them. Judgment, they don't, They just need comfort right now in the name of Jesus. Father, okay. reach that one who was on the ledge, literally. Reach that, reach that one who was loading that gun, literally. Reach that Hallelujah. one. Hallelujah. Reach him, God. Who was, who was standing on that chair. Yes, that God. Around their neck. Reach mm-hmm. that one. Hallelujah. Every, who was, who was uh, uh, about to swallow those pills in the yes, name of God. Who wants to jump into traffic fire? Holy Spirit, stop them now. Stop them now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And send that life raft. Send that life raft, Yes. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Father, help us as the church to confront these things and behold, quicken us by the Holy Spirit to be to, to reach out and, and be whole and complete in all of right. these matters of the heart and of the mind that the people are dealing with so when they come to your house they can get the relief that they need be it hallelujah. from or from a resource and we just thank you continue to multiply pastor hayes uh and his endeavors and his efforts and we thank
0: you in jesus hallelujah, name, amen amen thank you emmanuel man for that prayer for your great work and you know you talking about the church we ended this on the church tonight and because i don't own the right to the music i don't even own the right to your documentary so that's yours man but there's a song that i love that's that that blesses me every time i listen to it uh maverick city Mm, yeah yeah they sing a song about build my church build it from the ground up build your church oh my brother Every time it just hits me, upon this rock, you build your church and the gates of hell. Yes, sir. I prevail, whoa. But I tell you, man, thank you for that prayer. And we ended this because the church is the hope. It's the light, hallelujah. We are gonna start preaching now. We better let this thing loose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. May you be blessed, Mm, mm, may you mm. be edified.
1: Love you, man. Love you, sir. I, I, I hope I hope we can do a part three. I know they tired. Part three
0: is coming. Part
1: three, I really part three is
0: on the way. Come on, man.
1: I love, I love it. it. Thanks, man. Yes, sir.
0: Okay.